Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. That's as far as the xylophone goes. I feel like I'm watching Shrek. <laughs> Welcome to the Shutdown Full Cast. Hallelujah. Number one Shrek podcast. Yep. We probably what like you think I was. Wait, is Hallelujah in Shrek? Of course yeah. it is. Yeah. I don't know this. Hallelujah is required to be in all movies. Yeah, it's in every movie one yeah. way. So like um, oh, half, no. half baked, it's in there. Was this them burning off the rights from like that period of where in like 1996 when every single NBC show had to have it? Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Okay. That's you know what movie doesn't have Hot Rod in it? Hallelujah! Oh God, you were so. Oh yeah, you almost got it. Almost got it. You're gonna take it from the top. We'll leave it in. No, I'm gonna fix it. No, no, I'll leave my ad libs in. Hot Rod has the AM radio version. That of was a bad lib, just like you. Wow. I <laughs> got him. <laughs> Fried me. See, that's the kind of banner you can only get on the internet's only college football podcast. Which banner Society. Are we, in, are we in week three of being Banner Society's flagship quarantine podcast? To be clear, you can't keep track of the weeks when they are numbered by ESPN. We're no. definitely not going to ask you to do it during a quarantine when time has no meaning. W- week, I will week say seven? that today is the first day since we started lockdown that I disciplined children in my home with a squirt bottle. Hey. So I'm calling this day zero. This and I assume this you, this for now you used water. For now, for now, it won't it always was not. 
It was my second best squirt bottle. That one just has water. Sure. As uh, as Spencer revealed shortly before recording, all liquid is liquid. So all liquid. Is, remember, we don't actually have to make sense now. Mm-hmm. Hold on, my tone is about to become more somber, right. and I'm going to going to take a turn towards leadership. Are you ready? Yep. All liquid is liquid. Whoa! Whoa! The loans are our money. Who was that? Whoa! It's the leader of the free world. Got to respect it. Wait, what? All no. liquid is liquid. Oh. It's fine. Yeah, you don't have to make sense anymore. That's the fun part about it. You can I... just say things and people will go, <laughs> you said them very gravely, and that sounded important. This musical frog represents the out of doors that we are no longer permitted to wander freely. I had a I had a really uplifting moment today during oh, whatever quarantine this is. So I realized that even though my brain is quarantine broken, it's still regular broken. And here is why. I was doing the dishes, and out of nowhere, the following thought popped into my head. If I were named a justice of the Supreme Court, Mm -hmm. I would grow a rat tail because you're you're appointed for life, so they can't, even, even if they were going to somehow come up with the ludicrous claim that having a rat tail disqualified you from office, you can't be removed. And secondly... What what litigator is going to say shit about it? So so now, fa- extremely fancy prosecutors, defenders, litigate you know like private litigators, whatever they have to and come you pull to- it over your shoulder too, right? One hundred percent. I'd whip it around. So Ryan, you say if you had a job you were stuck with for life that you'd grow a rat tail. Correct. Well, you're on this podcast for life, brother. So let's let's get that thing cooking. You know what I've never thought working in digital media is, ah, finally, a life appointment. Finally, the security that I've always sought. When, when is this episode going up? <laughs> that and that and this, you would have followed the lead of Sean Connery when he walked on the set yeah. of Hunt for Red October. To, to remember, be clear, I did not specify there's a salary because that's, you're a, that's, you're a that's yeah, no, life certain. appointment. But yeah, Sean Connery walked onto the set of Hunt for Red October unannounced with a hairpiece with a ponytail. And he wore it until cinematographer, director of photography, Jan DeBont, started laughing while reviewing the dailies, remarking to Connery to his face that the ponytail looked like, quote, a limp, swinging dick. (laughs) Connery was so upset at the mockery that by the end of the second day, he went and got a new hairpiece. And this was the beginning of the Jan DeBonissance. So did they have to put in a scene where he cuts his rat tail? No, they had to shoot new footage. Also, the the wig, the hairpiece that had the ponytail was like thousands of dollars. (laughs) Yeah, it was like no, it was it's insanely expensive hairpiece. It is estimated in this quote as being twenty grand. Hell yeah. And that's grand. in like nineteen ninety dollars. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. cost actually the the most expensive thing though. This is the, my favorite part. Or actually, the second favorite part. The first is that everyone else on set going, "Oh my god, that's Sean Connery, walking God, Sean Connery." And Jan de Bond is like, "It looks like a dick." <laughs> that asshole. <laughs> second, the second best thing is, according to the director John McTiernan. The actual toupee in the movie costs like fifteen bucks. They just yeah, but nineteen ninety dollars. You yeah. could you could get you could start an NBA franchise for, for right. fifteen dollars. 
I'm right. pretty sure I'm pretty sure the Charlotte Hornets were started for fifteen dollars. Oh yeah. Just like wouldn't it be awesome if you saw me at the State of the Union in my in my robes looking regal as fuck, just playing with my rat tail while the be- president was talking about foreign policy? So I'm envisioning, and I, Ryan, I, I picture your hair a lot. Sure. But in this particular scenario, it's, it's beaded. one of those. Yes, it is beaded. Thank you for yeah. asking, because I was going to ask if you were planning on installing any Pandora beads. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely has the, like, uh, I went to a saint island. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I have it, but it was months ago, and it's starting to get a little weird. Can I, can I work some? for butt stuff. <laughs> <clears throat> Can I work some turquoise in there? Absolutely. So I can get you, no, so I can get you in that like Val Kilmer kind of like thing. Oh, oh, oh where, right, okay. right. Where it's sort Rat's of like, tail, not Ryan's tail. It's yeah. like Val Kilmer. Are you are you like doing like a Native American thing? And he's like, whatever, man. Okay, cool. I'm just picturing out like I'm just picturing I descent spelled out in like Times New Roman beads. <laughs> like we said, the internet's only college football podcast. You're listening to it right now, production of bannersociety.com. For now. For now. Justice Ryan Ryan now demands podcast business. There's no half steps on this. This is also in Shrek. Dick. (laughs) Dick. Podcast business. Shrek's dick. And Eddie Murphy just seals dick. Our podcast business this week involves a our, our sister podcast. They don't think kids need to learn sharps and flats. Life isn't a major key, y'all. Wow. I agree. Speaking speaking of minor characters, Stephen Godfrey has something going on that I think we <laughs> want to talk about. He's only minor. In, no, he's not really minor in anything. Height, <laughs> pain in my ass. No, he, he went to uh, El Paso. Their team is the minors. Mm. Wow. That's true. That's Tied true. it all together. If you go to Scott Frost, yeah. If you go to scottfrostday.com, you can see the GoFundMe where Godfrey, as of now, is up to four thousand four hundred and twenty-one dollars. Correct. Uh, what are do, those? What are those people paying what? money for? Yeah, I want to yeah. let Jason tell this story because Jason was the, has been the first and the most repeated one to point out how <clears throat> stupid this meme is. Sure. So every few weeks, it used to be hours on Twitter, but now that everyone's bored out of their fucking minds, every six minutes, um, there's another like prompt tweet that Roger Sherman had had a really good example of breaking it down. But like, would you rather eat like an ice cream sundae with your best friend for five minutes and we'll pay you a billion dollars or, you know, or fight a shark? Yeah. For 67 cents, you know, yeah. like that type of stupid shit. And there's one a couple of days ago that was like, you know, somebody gives you $3,500 to eat this entire tray of McDonald's in 90 minutes. You know, what do you do? What are you going to do? About it? And everyone's like, <laughs> it's always presented like a hostage situation. <laughs> like Dennis Hopper has you on the phone. He's like, pop quiz, hot shot. You've got three double quarter pounders and some fries. And if you don't eat it all, I'll murder your family. What do you do? Yeah, yeah, like like the meal, like what is on the meal? It's like three double quarter pounders, a single, yeah. two fries, two orders of nuggets, three sodas, something like that. Yes. I yeah, mean, I mean, I would eat that it, as a reward for eating <laughs> salads for three straight. <laughs> I would eat this if someone just came up to me and said, "You know, you you shouldn't eat all that, bitch. It's on. I'm going to eat all that." <laughs> Do you think is all right? Is the ninety minutes a thing for you? 
Not really. I mean, yeah. shit, man. You hustle We've through. We've already half established of it that Jason minutes. is like a python. <laughs> yeah. You hustle through half of it in fifteen minutes. You go take a shit, take a nap, come back. <laughs> Bam! It is lunchtime already. You know Re-braid what I mean? Like, your rat tail. Too- you're good to go. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, I'm, I'm really glad you said that because a little later on in the show, we have an interview uh, with a medical professional who at one point suggests as a unit of measurement, have you ever taken a shit in a Waffle House bathroom? Wow. <laughs> um, as like a, a unit of time to have been in a Waffle are, House? Like, is this advised against or something? Like, uh, uh, you know what? I'm going to let, I'm going to let us all find out together. <laughs> you'll never, you'll never hear, by the way, competitive eaters in the middle of a competition <clears throat> out loud going, oh, I've got a shit. <laughs> Which, why is that? that That's because be, they're usually, pros and they just shit themselves on stage and keep moving. Yeah, usually yeah. the mouth's full, but I just because they're all wearing astronaut pants. I was just imagining like the lowest form of humor, which would be Joey Chestnut waving his hands frantically, going, "I gotta poop." How is there the never a movie team. where David Spade plays a professional competitive eater? <laughs> yeah, there probably is. It probably just went straight to Netflix. What probably, happened to David Spade? Probably hugely popular. Um. Godfrey has said he can do this in 30 minutes. Originally, he said 20. I think, mm. I think possibly. Godfrey also said he was on paternity leave. So Yeah, there's that too. Um, the good news is this is not being done. Uh, there is a charitable element to this. The money is going to be split between uh, Action for Hospitality, which is uh, a fund in Middle Tennessee to provide, provide relief and aid for workers in the hospitality, hospitality industry. Doing great here. Who uh, got who have been affected by the tornado that hit like three weeks ago now or so, and immediately after that, uh, coronavirus. It was definitely between one and ten weeks ago. Yeah. Um, So that's the money is going to a good to a good place. Um, We're raising money for Nashville, so you know shit is serious. Here, I'm going to do the Godfrey thing. Here's here's a little insider tip that only I have. No, I was I was talking to some industry players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was talking to a few ads. So I was so I just got a text from a source. I was on Twitter while my kid was napping. Literally, as I was saying this sentence, got a text. Um, text. uh, Reporting here first on shutdown forecast. Godfrey's wife is pissed. Uh, uh, I'm the phone. I'm the phone. She's uh yeah she apparently he tried to turn this on me by saying well Ryan <laughs> did the whole bloom and onion outfit thing and she explained that this is not the same thing and he I, has been married he's been I, married for way too long to try that shit on sure her. and I and I told my wife I was like this is what Godfrey pulled and she said no you didn't try to eat the bloom and onion outfit. <laughs> You didn't like eat your way into it, like like some sort like a fucking hermit crab taking <laughs> into a show. Yeah, you ate you ate the you ate the previous mascot. Wait, That's is that how, how they make bloomin' onions? This is my new home. Yeah, it's uh, the person who's inside of it. They're stuck, and then okay. it's like, well, we can't let this mascot person go to waste. So they had, sweet. They had to molt. Oh, I was yeah. looking until you said that word. Yeah. Yeah. That's what that's it's what, that's what North Carolina did in that game. In fact, the real dry molt, as it turns out, mm. not two words I would have expected out of Tampa. Uh, can we talk about our more humane uh, charity thing that we're doing as well? Does it also involve gorging on uh, lots and lots of like food of every kind? All starchy, starchy food. It does, but well, only... I have a lead-in. Boom. Oh. After asking on Twitter last week whether anyone 
was ever going to take up our bowl season challenge to make Garth Brooks breakfast bowl and tell us what happened. Uh, intrepid Twitter user Ortiz, who was found on Twitter at, at underscore underscore, I think it's just two underscores. I don't know. DSO. Uh, he and his girlfriend made a mostly Kroger branded Garth breakfast bowl, which I think is probably about calibrated mm. correctly. You might've wanted to work in some, some Albertsons products given where Garth and Trisha probably reside, but I'll, I'll accept Kroger. And they did use Bob Evans sausage. Nice. I'd like to applaud that. Oh yeah. But really the highlight of this thread, you can find it on Twitter. If you search the, the full cast mentions, this was back on the 28th, but the highlight of it, which was Ortiz uh, roping. I, I, I don't know if this is a, a girlfriend or a uh, an accomplice. Let's say, let's just say an accomplice. <laughs> there is an accomplice of some sort uh, beginning the process by doing the ceremonial three skillet salute. Um, I am told that this woman is an Ohio state grad and I appreciate that. That also explains the Krogerdom. Uh, but she's got three skillets in her right hand that she's saluting with while wearing a colander over her head and holding a pot over her heart. And, yeah. Oh God. Y'all, this belongs in the portrait gallery. Yeah. It's beautiful. And so- if you'd like to pay tribute to both the spirit of the Garth Brooks breakfast bowl and donate to charity, Ryan, hit him up. You go to 25snakes.com. That takes you to Homefield. You know about Homefield. Don't don't pretend like you listen to this show and you don't know about Homefield. You can buy the Garth Pyramid of Needs tea, which gives you basically everything. If you were to, uh, if you found like a wounded Garth in the woods, the, this is what you would need to nurse it back to health. Um, in order of importance. also, would like to note from Homefield special for Garth Pyramid tea. We're offering the shirt up through 4X. You're That's welcome. Right. Yeah. That's right. Um, all of the proceeds of this shirt, both ours and Homefield's, are going to Feeding America, which is a national hunger relief organization. Uh, their work is especially critical right now. So you can help those in need. You can sport what I would say is an extremely stylish shirt, and it's not just because I designed it and graphic design is my passion. And one day, if you ever wear this and meet Garth Brooks, he'll be like, oh, you get me. You understand who I am. You Garth see. Brooks will try to eat your tummy. <laughs> you got it. You got, Trisha, this guy gets it. You put the tor- uh, that you put wasn't the tor- tortellini on I don't top. Know what I was doing. Yeah, and Trisha, Trisha is going to hate you if she sees this shirt. Also, Just if you're that. looking to donate to your local food bank, Feeding America is a great place to start as well. Uh, it's a nationwide network of food banks that can connect you to spots in your area that could really use your help right now. So check it out. Okay. Um, before <clears throat> we get into more of our usual unplanned jackassery, uh, we have a special segment this week on the show which Spencer and Holly took the lead on. So I'm going to let them explain it because they're better than me at this. That's apparently where I used up all my speaking without coughing skills. So over to you, big guy. We decided to talk to a friend of the podcast, longtime EDSBS commentator uh, and internet gadfly, who also just happened in the midst of all this commentating and being a solid dude, became a doctor over like the last, what, 15 years? I don't know how that happened, but uh, Ken Starnes, a.k.a. Roto Tutor on... Which is one of the best usernames out there. Absolutely. We've ever had. Um, 
and it's actually not quite true that we that we shoehorned him into the podcast he asked us uh, he called us up on saturday night and said hey this is about to get really really awfully real in sec country uh, can i come on the show and talk about it and the fact that he felt concerned enough after working eight days out of nine in emergency rooms to alert uh, our audience footprint to what is coming your way. Uh, we decided to take him seriously Yeah, for uh, about 15 or 20 minutes. Yeah. Actual ER doctor uh, currently practicing in what I think is best called winter's bone territory. You can't reuse the joke that you used in the interview because they're about to hear it again. In like no, 90 I just, seconds. just did. It's happening. Okay. That's like, that's a, that makes it a callback. Mm-hmm. It's a, you know a pre callback. It's, it's yeah, minority. Pre- it's minority report. It's, it's called forward shadowing. Uh, I have also heard it referred to as the puppy mill belt. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, here is our interview with Dr. Ken Starnes, longtime EDSBSer. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at RotoTutor. For some reason, he says you can at him with medical questions, which means he's the nicest goddamn person <laughs> I've ever met on the internet. He's now my senior care physician. Sorry, yeah. sorry, Ken. I'm real sorry for what's about to happen to you, buddy, but we sure appreciate your time. Boy, you're about to get some random questions. And we'll be back with uh, more of our usual foolishness after the break. Welcome to the Shutdown Full Cast. Oh, just just breaking. If you're listening to this, that's a news alert, because chances are you're listening to this inside. And why are you listening to this inside? Well, because we're in the middle of a pandemic, a pandemic which threatens a lot of different things, the least of which, uh, by importance, is college football. Might play a season, might not. The least of which, by importance, is Major League Baseball. Mm, That's true. That's super true. Right. Here for you. That's called an edit. Edit! Live editing is one of the benefits of the show. The other one that we have is this. While the entire sports world might be struggling to figure out what to talk about in lieu of actual sports, we, untroubled by sticking to sports at any time, are perfectly prepared for this. And we're prepared in ways that we really didn't even expect, right? For instance, we didn't know that in starting the full cast slash EDSBS community that some people would actually become respectable citizens, i.e. doctors. Not us. Not us, no. Hasn't no. happened yet. Probably no. won't at this point. Some, some people actually we took away from responsible citizenship uh, vis-a-vis their earlier legal careers. Yeah. Uh, but some of our earliest internet companions have gone on to become actual humans with jobs that matter. Yeah. Not yeah. us. Yeah. And we have one of them today. His name is Ken Starnes. He is... His name is Doctor. How are you doing, Ken? I'm good. How are you guys? Uh, good. By way of introducing yourself, you are uh, an emergency room physician in the territory between uh, Missouri and Arkansas. Can we call that like Winters Bone County? And are currently working in ERs in that area, multiple emergency rooms, right? So I, there's about six hospitals right now that I have privileges at, and I actively work at uh, two, three of three of them right now. How it's you're spending your free time on the full cast so we know that you're not okay. Uh, but how how you doing, bud? I'm actually doing pretty well. Really, we've seen just a few a few cases. I kind of assume that everybody who walks in the door uh, has been exposed and is uh, and is potentially uh, a carrier. Um, the really what what we've been doing, and, and I just got off a, a, a run of, like I worked 
between my two hospitals, like eight out of nine days. Um, and then went back up there doing a lot of planning um, and a lot of war gaming and a lot of really doing a lot of teaching uh, to a lot of people who are not used to either doing critical care medicine or not, not used to doing anything like this. Um, so part of that has been nice because we've had, uh, we've had time to try to prepare best we can, but also, you know, I'm on the phone with my friends who are working in New York and Los Angeles and Chicago and the bigger cities um, that are really, really getting, really getting hurt right now. Um, and I, I kind of have this sensation that, that the wolf is at the door and after a while, I just want the wolf to just go ahead and show up so I can start fighting it. One thing that I wanted to ask you about first off is why is what's what exactly is about to happen in SEC country to the best that you can say? And, and why is that such a big deal? Like, why should we start worrying now? So the the, the, the biggest issue is and, and, and nobody knows how how, how things are going to completely play out. But the so th- there's a term in epidemiology called the called R R zero. Um, which is the number of people that uh, that a person can infect by being around them, and so for example, the flu is has an R zero of one and a half, um, meaning every person who gets it will give it to another one and a half people. The best data, and this is a little bit old, but the best data that I've seen is um, that the coronavirus COVID nineteen is somewhere in between two and a half and three. So people are spreading it to more people and spreading it while they know they don't know that they have symptoms because it's such a long incubation period, meaning the time in between that you're infected and you're actually sick, you're still shedding viral viral particles and making other people sick. So uh, you people are just exposing more and more. And what 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 concerned me was large groups of people on beaches and in and going to church and and still kind of going about their daily business. And the particular issue with SEC kind of the south, Southeast is one, uh, we ain't the most healthiest people around here. For, no, for no, like, <laughs> like by, by, is it fair to say that by definition, just sitting still, um, we're all concerned cases. But if you look at the highest concentrations of heart disease and, and diabetes and other, and, and COPD and smoking, um, the, the people who are getting very, very sick from this, for the most part, are the ones that have those comorbidities. And uh, the politicians in that part of the country are not helping. And no, no, I would agree with that. No, that's, yeah, we'll, the, we'll go away for it. We are governed yeah. here in Georgia by a guy named Brian, and that's going about as well as you think it would. Yeah. So one of the things that they'll say is they'll say, well, the outbreaks are in New York City, or they are in what? New York City. New York City. <laughs> right. However, Everybody who just went on spring break, right? You said, well, people, you know, go to beaches and go to churches, uh, you know, in the Southeast. That's just what everybody got done doing. Spring yeah. break just ended. You know, Williamson County, where most of my family lives, Williamson County had everyone go down to spring break. You know, it's, it's, it's human nature. But when you're, when you're hearing from everybody around you and everybody on, on your Facebook and everybody, you know, in Fox News that, that this is not this is not a big deal. It just reinforces that you know we're not seeing the system overloaded in Seattle, even though that was the first place, because 
they shut their asses down. It's very pithy. I like it. The, 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 we are seeing younger people getting sick. I know from talking to other people, people who have, have seen 20 and 30 year olds die already because of this. And they were healthy. The question, uh, the two things I want to follow up on that are this. Uh, one, some people will say, well, I've seen the numbers. And when they say they've seen the numbers, they say, okay, well, it's a 3% fatality rate or a 2% fatality rate uh, with X number of people not even getting it, X number of people being asymptomatic, you know, 2 to 3% um, fatality rate. That doesn't seem worth all of this trouble. Okay. Think of 20 people in your family. Name, name the person you're willing to have die. A small percentage of the population of your county is a lot of people. And, and even if they don't die, they, some people will come out of this being pulmonary cripples. Yeah. yeah I, 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 that argument doesn't hold a, lot of, hold a lot of water with me. The other thing I wanted to follow up on is comorbidity. Co- comorbidity is, is you, you have another disease. So usually a chronic disease, like since we're talking about the South, diabetes or somebody, yeah, somebody who has asthma or emphysema or heart disease or, you know, more and more people now are on long-term uh, immune suppressing drugs for things like psoriasis and rheumatoid arthritis. Um, you know, it's just something lurking in the background. You know, if you already have a slow leak in your ship, you're going to be more susceptible when that torpedo hits you. That's suboptimal. To say, to say the least. <laughs> yeah. That it's we'll, bad. We'll, we'll, we'll translate it. That ain't good. Where, where should our audience be getting their information as, as someone who is struggling to stop scrolling every night? So I get my information not only from people who are already dealing with this and uh, from the CDC and from World Health Organization. Uh, your doctor is a good source. Um, the um, uh, your state uh, and county uh, health departments. Um, I will put myself out there. Um, I'm, you know, at rotodat underscore tutor uh, on the Twitters, and I have I have been open and had lots of people uh, ask me information on that. Um, so I don't I don't mind. The best practices that that we can pass along because I know you're an ER doctor. You have no attention span, right? And also, you don't want to see None. us in the ER. <laughs> uh, what should we be doing right now? The, the things that people are already saying is washing your hands with soap and water, is staying home, is not being around other people. I've got to get some exercise. It's nice, and it does boost your immune system. I went on a three-and-a-half-hour bike ride yesterday, um, and uh, it just absolutely made me feel feel incredible and much more healthy than I than I had been get offline every now and again and it's and it's hard I get it I've been extremely online lately not only looking for information but because I'm shut in too and I have some very very good uh good friends uh online uh that I've known for a very long time and they're my community now um eat as eat as healthy as you can the the one thing that I would, oh, you don't need an N95 mask. You haven't been fitted for it. It's not going to help you get it to somebody who can need it. And that's, we need them. That, that's kind of a segue to the next question, which is how can we help you and other medical professionals 
in your position? My hospitals have been very good about getting us equipment and doing the best we can. The thing is people concentrate on, well, the doctors need these. I need these. My nurses need these. My respiratory therapists need these. And probably they need them more than anything else. I'm seeing, you know, dozens of people a day, but those are the people who are going in and dealing with the people who are spewing viruses all over the room because they're on a ventilator or they're getting, you know, asthma treatments or, or BiPAP or things like that. Or the people who clean the rooms. For every one of me, there's 10 other people who, if they get sick, I, I can't do my job. You know, I don't want to get sick because not only I don't want to get sick, but it, you know, we're force multipliers. So if I go down, that's 30 people times two weeks that I'm not going to be able to see. Um, and, and, and that's why, that's why it's important. It's not that we just don't want to get stuff on our faces. It's ER docs are already, are already dying. Uh, in a lot of these big outbreaks, it is in the double digits of percentages of, of, of uh, patients are medical workers. Um, if we can't do our job, it's just going to be worse. Anyone who would say that this is overreacting maybe doesn't understand change capacity and change capacity failures, right? Like if you take out 5% of the capacity of an emergency room, that's a tremendous, like, chain of events down the line that take out capacity all over the place elsewhere. Yeah, it, it's exactly. The, the, the point is, is if, if the people who are working in the hospital, and it's not just the ER, it's people working in ICUs and people yeah. working in regular floors and people cleaning. And there's a lot of dermatologists figuring out how to run vents right now. The, the emergency departments are going to be absolutely overrun. If you do not think that you need true emergency care right now, stay the fuck away from the emergency department. If you are just curious that you've been exposed, if you feel like you want to get tested and you are feeling well, call your health department or call your doctor. If you go to an emergency department, a place with an outbreak, you're going to sit there for four, you know, four, six, eight, 12 hours. And if you weren't exposed, you're going to now. And if you were, you're going to expose somebody else. If you think you're sick, Call, call your doctor, go. If you're short of breath, if you have a fever, because, you know, obviously people are getting very sick of this, but if it's just curiosity, just you're doing a very, very big disservice just to come in like that. If you don't have to be in an emergency, right, emergency department right now, don't go. All right. Well, we're going to move now to a couple of reader questions. The first of which I wanted to ask, because I think it applies to definitely every member of the full cast and certainly most people mm -hmm. we know this is from the us of ncaa on twitter uh and this person asks if i have ingested water from a water park wave pool in my lifetime does that make me immune say yes please say yes and, absolutely oh well, it really depends on what state you were in mm. Mm. how about texas they're talking about ingesting water park from a water park pool. So I have to think this is Kansas and below. Yeah. Right. Um, well, I mean, there's some really nice ones in Wisconsin. Really? That's, yeah, no, that's true. They've got up in the, de yeah, the, 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 up in the Dells. Yeah. There, there's like a huge one up there. It's all, it's all open for like six hours in July, but. <laughs> but it's a bang in six hours. That's awesome. That or yeah. If you've actually, you know, had a bowel movement in a Waffle House uh, bathroom, you know, you're, you know, you've been there that long. 
you know, Let's you're do probably the overlap have, of have shit in a waffle house. And <laughs> I, I took shots. I took shots off of an ice slide uh, after like 200 other people in 1998 in Ybor City in Tampa. Oh my God. So I'm probably immortal. Right? <laughs> You're probably still crawling. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm honestly, Spencer, a little surprised you're, you're breathing right now. Um, hey, there's a non-full count. <laughs> so I was sicker than I've ever been in my life uh, a couple months ago. And looking back now, I'm kind of wondering if the Rona paid me a visit a little bit early, but Am I correct that there is no way to tell whether or not I can catch this again, so I should still stay the fuck home? Yes and no. It was a really bad flu season, you know, and there's like 21 other respiratory viruses that uh, that give people flu-like symptoms. So it's, you know, it's always possible we could have gotten one of those that we don't test for. But mm-hmm. I have a personal, this is not based upon any evidence or any epidemiology. Uh, my personal working theory is we had we had so many positive flu tests because people had the flu felt sick enough to come in because they also had may have been exposed to to the coronavirus as well at cuppy cup uh, so <laughs> a representing um <laughs> what percentage of ladder falls come to the er wearing a college football jersey is quite a bit of a uh, I see more like high school high school football t-shirts with them. Oh, that makes sense. That makes a whole lot. Yeah. I, I did. I had a rash of like of, of roof falls. And, and that's another thing. If you don't have to do something risky right now, don't. now's not a time to come into a trauma bay. What is the most, hey, y'all watch this injury you've had to deal with? Oh, God, I have such a, and this is when, when y'all do the, uh, the kitchen, you know, the disaster episodes, mm-hmm. I just, it, I just. We do have one more reader question that won't get you into trouble, um, which comes from Jorge Escalante at Escalante Brew on Twitter. It's an extremely important question. My crawfish dealer is offering delivery of live crawfish, including potatoes and corn. I wanted this question included because it sounds as though <laughs> the potatoes and corn are also alive. <laughs> mm. is this a safe method of, of obtaining crawfish because crawfish season don't stop you know everyone's getting food and other deliveries and things like that and you know any contact is going to be a, a little a little risky um but it's probably no less risky than getting you know your your food delivered or groceries delivered or, or, or amazon packages or things like that so you're going to be cooking it but you're also going to be touching the packages that they're in and uh and you know, you're going to be interacting uh, with with the person because you're going to be tipping them generously because they're out delivering crustaceans at your ass. Everything you have to do, you have to kind of weigh your risks and benefits. I think we are through the list of our questions. Ken, is there anything else you want to shriek into the void that is our audience? <laughs> no, just, you know, again, like we said, be, be careful the information that you're looking. Stay your ass at home. Uh, take care of yourself. Check on. You have elder you know older neighbors if you have people who um have young kids at home that can't get out and you can offer to uh offer to go to the store for them or have stuff delivered um you know uh, there are one of the things that this is this is exposed is our complete and total inadequacy as a society to look out for people who uh, are not as advantaged as, as the rest of us. 
But on the flip side, I think it's really, it's really showing a lot of people are, are sort of rediscovering their communities. And it's hard to say that there's a silver lining in all this, but I'm hoping that maybe some of that stuff changes. The other thing specifically, and I, and I had and I told Holly, you know, you guys, what you guys do for a living, you know, no, you're not, you're not innovating people, fighting fires, but you well, know what? When I, well, you might be fighting fires. No, I mean, recreationally innovating. You, I mean, it's not hard. I could teach you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, uh, <laughs> it's, you know, find a whole Great time. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. BiPAP time. Oh, God. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, when I, I, I travel, I travel several hours to my shops. When I get done, the last thing I want to do is think about what I've done or listen to the news or do things like that. So once a week, I have an hour and a half where I can listen to some people who love each other very much, sit there and, and rip on each other and joke and uh, and and it's it's escapism for me and I suspect. I know it is for lots of the other people. So you are helping. And I'm very, very, very grateful that you guys are able to continue to do this. And, you know, it's, it's a very, very much of an honor for me to get in and, and get to talk to you guys. Um, but I also wanted to, to say thank you for just being here and, and making things a little light for a while. Yeah. I intend to let this go to my head immediately. I, I, I think I, you should. I'm basically saying, listen, stupid's always been a national resource. We're just weaponizing it now. Absolutely. Oh. All right. Thank you so much. Ken, thank you yeah. so much. Stay safe out there. Uh, and we'll talk to you again in happier times. All right. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Well, let's hear another winner's bone joke from Spencer. So he's working in the area of the, the uh, country we call the winner's no, bone. No. Oh, my God. We get it. You have the Criterion channel. I don't even know the Criterion channel. <laughs> You know that. Don't be putting fancy things out there. I don't know. Twitter user Hello Newman, spelled in the LSU fashion, asks, does Jim McElwain's close contact with animals strengthen his immunity? Well, not to, not to COVID specifically, right? Like, if anything, it probably makes him more likely to be not necessarily patient zero for this disease, but patient zero for a disease that transfers from animals to humans, right? Like, that's, that's sort of the premise of the documentary Contagion. So if you will, he is the Gwyneth Paltrow of college football. He's going to get the shark flu. Correct. Shark. He's got some goop for sale. He's going to get Mako herpes. Okay, that's yep. it's a thing you've said. It exists yep. now in the world. I did it. If you want to know who patient zero was, it's Jim McElwain. But who invented it? Me in a lab. Why did? Never mind. That's not important. Um, from one swell foop at blank scientist. We could use some blank scientists right now. Any scientist, <laughs> be they be they permeable, transparent, uh, uh, reflective, plasma, they, plasma they, scientists. They could be liquid because liquid is liquid. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'll take a gaseous scientist yeah, right now. Absolutely. That'd be pretty fucking useful. They could, I don't the, know if they were gaseous, they might gaseous, be inert, but at least but, they but, might be noble. But they could just fucking seep in under a door and, and research. Who's the Marvel character that's a living planet? 
That's Guigi. That's Ego. Oh, okay. Ego, yeah. Also, but Guigi I would take as well. Uh, our, our friend, the semi-permeable scientist who cannot be observed, says, can USC still be overrated if we don't play a football season? And I think the answer is yes, mm-hmm. because if we had a preseason AP poll at this point, um, based on stuff like S ampersand P plus, USC would be like a top 20 team. What? And that, yeah. So would Texas. Both of these things would horrify everyone, and we would immediately say, this team is fucking overrated. This is ridiculous. We always do this. We always do this. So, I mean, I think it's pretty simple. They already are. <laughs> USC is overrated for 2020, and it won't even matter whether we have a season or not. Wait, wait. Schrodinger's brats. What if we – God, that's amazing. Uh, what if we get – Brats. What if we get another recruiting cycle in and – Suddenly, Clay oh, Helton. They're never going to get rid of Clay Helton. Never, never. He, what if he improves and manages to win, you know, oh, about eight or nine games? Oh, I thought you said Clay Tona virus. <laughs> I thought you were saying improved at recruiting to like no, 40, 45th in the country. 45th. Crack to the top 37. So, like, what if the recruiting cycle is like everybody gets one recruit? And USC, they just happened to land a five-star. I don't know where they'd find one of those in Southern fucking California. But like, you know, they just happened to get a top 10 guy. So boom, top 10 class. <laughs> My question is like, is this affecting how, um, how Chip recruits at all? Do you think Chip is just like at his no. computer looking up and being like, I'm gonna answer we can't, that question we can't with- do what? I'm going to answer that question with my immediate thought, which was to say, Ryan, Chip isn't even fucking coaching college anymore. You've had a kid for too long. <laughs> Chip, Chip is just looking at some, like, two-star fullback out of Las Cruces, like, oh, daddy. He's like, okay, cool. Will he, will he just sign tomorrow? All right, that's good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Chip's already done with his 2021 recruiting because he's, you know, offered, like, 40 kids, so – this is why you can't send Chip to the grocery store. You'll be like, okay, we need fruit. Well, old we'll apples were in front, people. so I just took a bunch of those and I left. <laughs> we're going quarantine shopping with Chip Kelly. And then he's like, I'm an innovator. <laughs> Buster raisins. Did you get any toilet paper? Yeah, I bought a bunch of magazines. <laughs> they were in the front, too. They were easy. They were right there. I could call him Charmin Chip. Just Charmin. send him in and he's back out in like... 13 minutes like what no chip we're, we got to survive the next year these like the current two coaches in los angeles one of the most fertile recruiting grounds in the country Please are don't both say fertile while i'm thinking about chip kelly they're both the gnomes who sneeze gold and don't value it right like oh i don't know the stuff's just laying around everywhere wait is that a fairy tale and it is now the gnomes who sneeze gold and two, don't value it. Two two gnomes, one Very named Chip, one insane. named Clay. This They're both insane. indistinguishable, <laughs> and completely. Oh come on! Like if you didn't know Chip from like his prior, like what Chip is just a potato. No, he looks like they both look like characters in the old David the Gnome cartoon. Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah. Gnome yes. number seven and gnome number nine. Yeah, right. And both of them have no respect for the resource whatsoever. They're like. You know what something really valuable is? Tin. Yeah. Well, tin. I, think, I think Chip is the cool one here because he doesn't give a shit. Whereas, yeah. where, like, you put Chip anywhere, New Hampshire, Oregon, USC, you know, we've put him in literally every corner of the country and he's the same dude. He doesn't give a shit. You know, Chip, Chip Kelly is like... Everybody will drop some cool plays and we'll win, you know, we'll, we'll win games. It'll be fine. But Chip, Clay, Clay gives a shit and he can't do it. No. That's the tragedy of Clay. It's like Goofus and Goofuser. 
Chip, we need you to go to the store, get paper towels, eggs, and steak. I brought back a Kiko Alonzo. Is that good? That's what I found. <laughs> we traded for him. <laughs> Chip is like Chip is just astonishing to me because he is just the guy who never stopped liking ska. Like, yeah, that's great. <laughs> But but, but for the but for those just don't get less upsetting tonight. <laughs> but to be clear, he, he likes it for the right reasons. Oh yeah, no, he, no, it's real, it's real. Yeah. But like at every turn, when you go, oh hey, how about this four star piece of of like new hip hop? He's like, yeah, but have you considered this two star ska? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ryan, what are the wrong reasons to like ska? <laughs> <laughs> to make friends. Popular. <laughs> Yeah, he likes yeah. the musicality of it. Uh-huh, okay. It's called the funk soul, brother Ryan. There's like, no yeah. I in it. To, to if you fit in with the, the very cool popular ska crowd. That's right. That's right. I think if you got a hookup on cheap bowling shoes and you just want an excuse to wear them, that's probably the wrong reason. That's one of the, the wrong reasons, yeah. The scheme yeah. has some problems, Chip. Yep. Uh, uh, I'm I'm gonna go ahead, uh I'm gonna take I'm gonna take boat drinks question here, which is Zach, boat drinks Russo. At Zach Russo, one asks, please cast a medical drama using SEC coaches. No. Next question. <laughs> I, I, I had a really – Jeremy Pruitt was going to play the corpse in the hallway. Wow. It's hurtful. Has he been it's floating true. in a canal for three days? Or mm-hmm. We shouldn't joke about corpses right now. <laughs> well, I, I think, you, I think uh, if you're talking about TV medical drama corpses, it's okay. Okay. Yeah. We found this one out back. Um, I think that. I think Will Muschamp is the like the intern who's always wrong and is always pissed about it. Who's <laughs> like, we can't save him, but he doesn't actually turn out to be a really good doctor. Oh yeah, it turns out he was actually just eight possums inside of a lab coat. Can we have Muschamp be the guy who always wants to yell clear? <laughs> <laughs> He's the janitor who wants to yell clear. <laughs> Stay away from the paddles, Will. He doesn't know that there is an actual on button to the paddles. He thinks you just, you just scream clear and then right. like, boom. And he also wants to use them too frequently. Like he thinks that's punting. He's like, we're playing for field position, people. Clear. Speaking of eight possums in a lab coat, did y'all know there's a new Wayside School book out? No. We don't deserve this, but it's happening. Cool. I'm really happy about that. I only have one other piece of casting to do, which is Dan Mullen is the, uh, is the overly cheerful pathologist, right? Yeah, you see that stuff on the X-ray? Yeah, it's bad. Oh, he's the one who like looks at the looks at the deadly pathogen under the micro, microscope and is like, "Well, hello, beautiful." Yeah, that's totally Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen's the guy. Like, yeah, you see that clouding right there? Yeah, it's fatal. You're not. Wow, that's whoo. Yeah, look at that. Look at go. Can we do Coach O as like the chiropractor who's just like, <laughs> "I'm gonna hug you real tight." Yeah, he just yells some really cool shit at you and punches you in the spine, and you're like, you know what? I don't know fucking why, but I feel great. Thanks, coach. He he studied under like the walloping yogis of India, right? (laughs) What do they do? (laughs) They brought me up on the mountain to beat the crap out of me. I feel a little better. Nick Saban is the hospital administrator who's like, your your results are one thing, but your methods are unsound. You're out of my hospital. Absolutely not. Is he not the undertaker? Turn in your badge and go. He could be. He could be. You'll never work at you'll never work at Gun Hospital again. Hospital sheriff in Gun Hospital. That's that's what the SEC's hospital. Gun Hospital in Arkansas. So like, that might be true. So like people bring in their sick guns and we nurse them back to life. 
<laughs> or please, all treatments please. are all treatment is dealt with via gun. Please, my wife, she's jammed. That's <laughs> <laughs> Malzahn, completely the anesthesiologist, because every time we're like, hey, didn't you go eight and five last season? <laughs> <laughs> and, and also, what does the anesthesiologist do? All right, let's slow it down, slow it down. Speed it up, speed it up, speed it up. Well, plus the anesthesiologist is like, hey, I'm only going to be here for about 20 minutes in this whole show, but I'm getting paid like a top actor. So thank you. So if you listen to Gus Malzahn speak, what would you hear? Yep, yep, yep. yep. Uh, You're counting backwards from 10 wins to 9 wins to 8 wins. Uh, Jimbo, foolhardy surgeon who keeps losing patients on the table, but running the trouble out of network. Well, uh, <laughs> well, lost another one. Guess I'm going hunting. Cabin boy. Jimbo's a plastic surgeon. Come on now. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. No, no, no. Lane Kiffin's a plastic surgeon, no, baby. Lane Kiffin no, is plastic, plastic surgeon. Plastic surgeon. You know, Wait, Lane, K- Lane Kiffin is a plastic surgeon. Like, uh. Like Jimbo is actually licensed. We'll give him that. Lane is a strip mall plastic surgeon. Lane yeah. Kiffin. Lane Kiffin is the the male nurse who never wears underwear under. Lane his Kiffin scrubs. is a stripper mall plastic yeah. surgeon. Yes. <laughs> oh my god! I'm an orderly by day and a dancer by night. <laughs> Send when they flip my shifts. Uh, Mike Leach is the neurologist with a terrible reputation. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. T- with, the, with no bedside manner whatsoever. Yeah, none. Yeah, so we're going to cut your head open. Right here. <laughs> what I can't believe the noise what? it makes when that saw screams. What yeah. are you, five? That's yeah. cool. That's great. Funny thing about aneurysm. Wait, how can it be a neurologist if you didn't believe in head injuries? That's yeah. the irony. See, the internal, like the essential irony to the character, right? Did, like, Opens up the head. He's like, looks and... fine. <laughs> he took this job. that's malpractice, like, not irony. find evidence of it. We didn't say this was a good show. Mm. Just casting it. So it's on ABC. <laughs> That's <laughs> it's on a- I think, uh, can we do Mark Stoops as the guy who's like somehow keeping the whole thing afloat? Oh, he is, he is the competent doctor who's not pretty enough for people to actually appreciate. Tupelo MD. I think it's like somebody comes in, they got the leg blown off, and he's like, all I got is an arm. You're going to have to make do. And they do. God, the, the three episode... Uh, the three episode guest arc for Lynn Bowden, just breathtaking. And then Eli Drinkwitz sometimes shows up and we remember that Missouri is in the conference. Eli Drinkwitz is the underwritten intern who was supposed to be really brilliant, right? But they just kind of forgot him because the actor has nothing on screen, right? So they're just like, he has one episode that's all intro. There's such a thing as a system orthopedist. Yeah, he's the system orthopedist, right? Is Mizzou our like bottle episode? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because then we can put them back in the bottle when we're done. Yeah. And Scott Bakula's there. He's not busy. He that's is, true. I think. So that's every school in the SEC. <laughs> Good night. Definitely didn't, uh, <laughs> yeah, didn't miss anyone. <laughs> if I keep trying to end the show, eventually we'll end the show and we can go to bed. Will it, though? Mm. I have a harrowing prospect to raise from reader Zach Thompson, who wrote in via email. Uh, I had been talking on Twitter about how my nephews had invented a new sport. They've actually invented three sports since quarantine started. The first one was when one of them put a cardboard box on the head of another one, and the other one would punch him, and they called it boxing. Where did where was the punching? 
happening? In the in like the a, box. In the box God, toward the head. You, you punched him in the head where they yeah, came. I didn't coming. I didn't punch him. I no, I understand to. that. Yeah, yeah. But they punched each other. Today's sports they invented were terrible space program. Mm-hmm. And then one that I just never got the grasp of at all that was called Please Kill Paul Bunyan. Uh-huh. But yeah, Zach Thompson uh, raises a chilling point. I fear that an unintended, an unintended consequence of staying at home is we are creating the most powerful generation of uncles the world has ever known. This is this is a tough one because on the one hand we are over supervising uh, future uncles in a way that maybe limits their opportunity for mischief. On the other hand, we are also showing them that supervision doesn't matter; that they can just uncle out as hard as they possibly can. They're unking up. Yeah, I um, think I, I, I sort of observe uh, when like our fellow quarantined nieces and nephews are over here. Um, Supervision is not going very far. Like there, there is, there's only so far you can go with supervision. Um, yeah, these are not my kids, but I was in the room when they came up with all three of these sports, and my presence did not make a difference. Yeah, like, like I think I think parents and uncles and aunts across America are just sort of like, I don't know. They've is this what it's like to work at a laser tag facility? I hope, man. Where you're just sort of like, listen, please don't break. Please don't break the equipment. Don't get seriously injured. And then at some point I'm going to leave. How long into a laser tag game have you gone before somebody just outright swung the gun at somebody? <laughs> Every single time I've been there with kids, yeah. one eight or seven-year-old just figures out, you know, you could shoot somebody, but this hurts a lot more if you hit him in the head with it. Lethal weapon, bitch! <laughs> you don't... There are no columns on the laser tag scorecard for pistol whipping no and there's but there's also no internal affairs at the cues are <laughs> <laughs> that is its own show that is the Q's show cues are hr <laughs> i'm ia cues are god i miss cues i hear there's a six-year-old beating the shit out of people with a laser tag pistol i'd like to remind all y'all that we tried to have our houston show in a laser tag arena uh, and we're not able to find one for our needs. So if you're out there and you own one, when yeah. we're allowed back out into yeah. the world again, we would like very much to go indoors immediately. Call us. You're a loose cannon, Terry. 